Are we good? Good to go, Emma? Yeah. All right. No mai, haere mai. Kitahahi, mara, waina, urban. It's so beautiful to be together again on this Resurrection Sunday. Um, I, I trust that you've had an amazing time in, uh, in your compulsory lockdown. And, um, and now we get to celebrate the Risen King. It's going to be a really, really beautiful Sunday today. So, so buckle up. Hope, hopefully you've got your communion ready uh, for when we celebrate that. It's not going to be at the end today. It's going to be in part of the um, service. Um, this is a really special day for me. I was um, I I uh, came back to faith as a twenty year old, and and um, on Easter Sunday in Ohope Beach, I got baptized. So this is my forty third um, Easter uh, Resurrection Sunday, and um, I am just so stoked. And it's beautiful to see you all. Each one of us has an amazing story of of following, seeking Jesus, and then following Jesus. Um, let me just give you a couple of practical things. One, one notice um, just for the urban, um, the urban whānau. Um, Andrea is uh, mailing out giving receipts for the past tax year. So if you should receive it sometime this week, and if you haven't received it, if you want to email um, office at urbanvineyard.church, that would be brilliant. Um, and the other, just the other um, the other update this Sunday is it would be brilliant. Um, it depends kind of what sort of device you're watching on, but if we're going to use quite a lot of visuals, um, so so we'd love you to maximise your screen um, real estate. So what you can do if you're watching on a um, on a computer browser, um, well actually if you're on if you're on a laptop, and I think it might be the same for the iPads. Um, and the tablets, I think you can tap up in the right hand screen and you can minimize all the um, all the little um, squares or rectangles of people um, and that will just clear your screen so you can see all the visuals and um, you know you can you can experience this however you want but you're going to get the best the best benefit if you um, just clear your screen so so click that you've got a choice of speaker um, uh, a speaker only, or you can even just take all those things away and just see the just see the, the screen. So if you want to just check that out, Emma's going to take us in, but I'd love to pray for us right now. So Father, we thank you so much. We thank you that you raised Jesus from the dead, Lord, and it's, this is the pivot point of all human history. And we are just utterly delighted that you've, that you chose us, that you brought us to faith in Jesus. Lord, we pray that again today, this Resurrection Sunday, that we would celebrate that reality that Jesus is risen, that we don't, we don't worship a God who was just a great teacher. We worship a God who has been risen to life, the first, the first to rise among all of us. And I thank you that our fervent hope and, our, and the hope of our heart and of our faith is that we too will, will be resurrected on that on that last day. So we lean into Jesus as the older brother. We lean into Jesus as the as the author and the pioneer of our faith. And we pray that you would that you reveal yourself to us again today in a very fresh way. And we ask that, Lord, that we ask for just no technical difficulties today. We pray that this would just be a beautiful experience of joining together and celebrating and worshiping the risen Christ. Amen. 
Thanks, Lloyd. Um, so hopefully you can see an image. Um, so I've shared my screen, um, which will stay there for the rest of our, our time together today. Um, and like Lloyd said, the format of today will be a little bit different than our usual one. Um, so we won't have a sermon as such, but we've got some, some different elements um, that we're going to run through. So if we haven't met before, my name's Emma, and it's lovely to, to have you all on the call today. And if, if you're visiting, then a special welcome to you from wherever you are in the world. Um, so today we've got some Easter scriptures that are based around the theme of preparation. So Jim has, has pulled together some scriptures from the Easter story. Um, and so as, as we prepare for Easter, we also get to prepare for what lies on the other side of the tomb, which is our own emergence from captivity. And so obviously today we're celebrating Resurrection Sunday. And, and at the same time, because this is our, our main Easter thing, we haven't celebrated, we haven't, you know, done something for Good Friday. We're kind of incorporating that whole uh, Easter story in, in what we're doing today. So. Um, we're going to have some different people who are reading scriptures um, and then we've got some stories uh, from urban people and we've also got a um, special little item from the kids and um, a song in, a, at the end as well. So um, bear with as we kind of transition between different people but Jim is going to start us off with um, our first reading. Oh, sorry, actually, it's Sarah. Sorry about that. See, bear with Sarah Obata. Thanks, Sarah. Jesus prepares his disciples for what was about to happen to him. Matthew chapter 26, verses 2 to 5. As you know, the Passover is two days away and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. Judas prepares to betray Jesus. Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 to 16. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Thanks, Sarah. Jim. Supper with Jesus before his crucifixion. Don't know if you caught that. I'll just start that again. Oh, Matthew 26, verses 17 to 30. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. 
When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. When evening came, uh, <laughs> then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus said, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day that I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Thanks, Jim. Matthew 26, oh, 63. Sorry. Just, sorry, Matthew, we're just going to take communion together um, before we head into the next part, so sorry. Um, so Karine has done these beautiful illustrations for us, um, which hopefully you can see on the screen there, of this, you know, kind of symbolising a few different things. And as, as we do this this morning, we're going to take communion. So Karine has recorded a, a brief um, audio reflection to go with her visions and um, then after that together I'll invite us to take communion together if you have some some bread or some juice or wine or, or whatever alternative you have for yourself there. Um, so we'll we'll listen to Corrine's um, beautiful reflection and then um, as we enjoy these images then we'll come back together and um, and I'll lead us through taking communion together. In consideration of Lent and then Easter, in the context of this international catastrophe, a moment of forced pause which is a timely chance to catch my breath, but guiltily as so many are living in an unprecedented, unfathomable tragedy, numbers of whom we are now numb to. Everyday live with items become symbols of heroic attempts in macro proportions, the prospect of dying presenting us with, if not its impact immediately, a heightened sense of its inevitability and the sacred narrative that leads us in reversed order this autumn, death, then resurrection and ascension. So, we join with the whole church in a global sense on Easter Sunday, celebrating this mysterious and triumphant conclusion, but still aware of its preclusion. The blood spilt for our redemption represented by the wine or grape juice which we will soon partake in, an unlit candle in anticipation of the light of Christ, even in a moment of darkness a rainbow, a promise of life. Then, seasonal fruit and blooming flowers, a simple embodiment of this truth, that Jesus is the light in whom we have life. Thank you so much, Corrine, for that 
for these beautiful images and you know these are things that we can continue to enjoy and reflect on um, throughout this weekend and um, but for now I'd, I'd like to pray for us and and then invite us to so now you know now to as you're ready to take the bread and take the the juice or the wine and I'm just going to pray as we take that King Jesus as we eat and drink today we remember you we remember your life that you made your home amongst the least of these we remember your death your self-giving as a ransom for many we remember your resurrection that you are making all things new even us king jesus at your table there's nothing to hide we bring our fear trusting in your perfect love we bring our doubts believing that you can give us faith we bring our sin knowing that your kindness leads us to repentance and we bring our hope eagerly awaiting your return king jesus we eat we drink and we remember you amen so I invite you, if you haven't already, to, to take the bread and the juice or the wine. And we're this this act, like like Corrine said in her reflection, you know, we join with the whole church right across the world this morning, maybe at different times, but just in this this the 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 larger body of Christ that we get to actually we have that united thing, even though we are um, separate this morning. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus, for being the light of the world. And Matthew, when you're ready, thank you. Matthew twenty six sixty three. The high priest prepares the way for Jesus to be falsely accused and sentenced to death. The high priest said to Jesus, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so, Jesus replied, but I say to all of you, from now on, you'll see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, he has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Matthew 27, 27 to 50. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and they twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand, and then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. 
Hail, King of the Jews, they said. And they spat on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him and they led him away to crucify him. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. At about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, leba sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. And when Jesus uh, immediately, um, the rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Thank you, Matthew. You know, we can only imagine what incredible grief and sorrow and confusion and, and disappointment and just such crushing that Jesus' disciples must have felt as they, they watched Jesus, who was their greatest hope, um, die right in front of them, you know, buried in a tomb and, and sealed up with a heavy stone. And we too experience um, grief and, you know, and disappointment when our hopes aren't, um, you know, our, our hopes are crashed down or our, our desires don't, um, aren't fulfilled. And I'm just going to read a, a quote from N.T. Wright. I'm convinced that when we bring our griefs and sorrows within the story of God's own grief and sorrow and allow them to be held there, God is able to bring healing to us and new possibilities to our lives. That is, of course, what Good Friday and Easter are all about. And this morning, um, like I said, we're going to have a couple of stories and and, uh, Mike and Hope have um, really beautifully um, shared their story um, in a video with us this morning. So we're going to um, play that video now. Kia ora Church Whanau. Kia ora. Emma's asked us to share a message about hope this morning. I think for both of us, hope is something that we're most in tune with when we're going through a difficult circumstance, whether that's having a feeling of hope or feeling quite hopeless. A difficult circumstance that we went through last year was when I was um, giving birth to our daughter, Scarlett. Scarlett had very sadly been diagnosed with a condition, anencephaly, which is not survivable. And after months of testing and, and months of prayer for her healing as well, unfortunately, things didn't work out that way. And we had a sense from God that she wasn't going to be living with us on earth. Um, so our prayer during the delivery was that we would get to have one minute with her, mm. um, which all of the nurses and midwives were feeling quite uh promising that we'd be able to get that and they encouraged us that it would be quite an easy smooth labor because she was so small. Unfortunately things went from quite a um, somber situation to worse and there were so many complications in the labor. Things evolved quite rapidly and it was said to me that if they had to operate I wouldn't be able to have children again. Uh, Scarlett did die Um, during the labour and 
uh, the doctors were very worried about my deteriorating health and condition. Um, and they were also concerned at this point that they wouldn't be able to get her out in one piece because she was very badly stuck. And so we went into the operating room and it was obviously a really hard situation and really traumatic. And we're thinking that because everything had turned from bad to worse, they're just going to continue to get worse and worse. And there's some serious health implications and medical implications for Hope going to um, the operating room because they couldn't get Scarlett out. And then as soon as Hope went into the uh, went into surgery, we felt like God just had His hand on everyone, and His His um, peace was with us, and everything just turned out the opposite of how they were going, that turned out really great and um, Scarlet came out really easily, there was no implications, health implications on hope um, and the whole process after 36 hours of labour was really fast. Um, we just felt the peace of God and the Holy Spirit with us which really was was a beautiful time and it's really interesting to talk about a beautiful time and such a sad time, but it was really special and really precious time that we got to spend and grieve with Scarlett. And we felt like the Holy Spirit was there with us um, as we were grieving and as we were processing everything. And um, our family and the hospital staff also got, got touched by the Holy Spirit and through what God was doing there. And it was really a beautiful time. So as Mike's described, what was a really sad and um, terrible situation, we actually experienced God's hope and his presence and his peace so tangibly in that time after Skylar was born. We felt filled with his joy and it impacted ourselves and everyone that had that experience with us, the doctors, the nurses, our families. We were really, really encouraged by God's spirit. So our message of hope that we wanted to share is even when we face difficult circumstances and our prayers might not be answered in the way that we desperately feel they need to be or in the time that we really want them to be, that we can have hope through the challenges because of God's spirit, because of his relationship with us, because of his supernatural peace. He can fill us with hope no matter what we're facing. And we can really attest to that. In that situation, God helped us with his hope then and he has continued to do so in our recovery too. Thank you so much Mike and Hope for, for honouring us with your story um, this morning and, and it is a real privilege to, to hear your story and have, have seen how God has been with you in, in your journey and um, Mike and Hope are expecting their second child in July um, and it's just it's such a, a beautiful yeah, just such a beautiful gift. And, you know, I'm aware this morning that there'll be many of us that are also sitting with um, disappointments or um, things that we're carrying that, you know, that we're finding challenging. And, and at a global level, obviously, we're all aware that, that we're in a really difficult situation where we're in a period of waiting and we're, we're waiting to see, um, you know, what's going to happen and what that might look like going forward. Um, so I just wanted to pray for us this morning, um, just in this, you know, in this time between even the Good Friday and, and the waiting for the Easter Sunday, that period of waiting where, where we're, we're longing for, for hope. So 
God, I just, I thank you that you are so aware of the things that we're each carrying and the things that as, as a whole world we are going through at the moment. And we just, we try as, as best as we can just to surrender the things that are outside of our control um, to you this morning. We choose to, to, to put the outcomes in your hands, Father. We, we trust you and, and we believe that you will raise our hopes to, to life again in the way that, that you want to. And we thank you so much that you, you love us to life over and over and over again. And we welcome you to do that for us again today. Love us back to life and, and whatever it is that you know that we are, are carrying or are, are sitting with this morning. Amen. All right, Leanne. Oh. Kia ora, Church. All right, I'm not sure. I know. What's going on there? Sorry, over to you, Leanne, for our next reading. The angel prepares the women for the new reality that Jesus has risen. Matthew 28, 1 to 10. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Jesus prepares his disciples to proclaim the gospel to all the world. Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thanks, Ian. Um, I asked um, a number of people in, in our church to answer this question, or to finish this statement, because the tomb is empty, um, to finish that. So in three parts this morning, I just wanted to share with you what, what this resurrection means in the life of, 
of our church and, and through the window of these, these responses. So because the tomb is empty, I know that death is not the end. So life has meaning. Because the tomb is empty, I see hope. Because the tomb is empty, I've had a completely different life and destiny. I know where my life was heading and it's only the resurrected Jesus who had the ability to turn my life around. Because he lives, I live, and I'm so grateful. Because the tomb is empty, I assume that he is no longer self-isolating. Which uh, you can guess who, who gave us that joke, for those who know um, Robert, he's somewhere in the bush, we don't know, but it was a, a brilliant um, joke from him as, as always. So I'll share some more of the, um, this, these responses as we go along. But um, we, we have another story now, which is, um, which is from Simon. So we'll watch that now. I remember a few years ago, I was feeling really weighed down by my work as a teacher. I feel like I just didn't measure up that I couldn't meet the standards that the school set or even the standards that I set for myself. There wasn't enough time, I couldn't work hard enough, I wasn't smart enough to do what I felt like I needed to do. Yeah, it was getting me down. And one time as I was coming home, I felt like God say to me really clearly, Simon, I died so you wouldn't have to carry that. And I took a bit of time that night just to, to listen to God and let him cut those things off my life uh, that I believed in and listened to and realized that I didn't have to carry that anymore because he died for me. And even the next day, I felt so much more joy and freedom that I didn't have to worry about measuring up because Jesus loved me just the way I am and that he's already met all the standards I didn't need to. And I realized that's such a picture of the gospel in my life that I can never meet God's standards. And often I can't even meet the standards that I set for myself. But Jesus comes and he says, I met all the standards. I've got a perfect record and here I'm going to give it to you. and I'm going to take your pretty bad record and put it on myself and now you can experience my freedom and joy in all of your life something i'm really thankful for this easter thank you simon and you know that this this you know what we celebrate this who jesus is and what he's done for us uh, that we celebrate this weekend well just and and all the time um it actually you know it makes such a difference in our lives and 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 he is just as involved in, you know, the day-to-day -day things, the, the work that we're doing or the, our parenting or, our, you know, our just, just being and, and doing what we do. Um, that his, his resurrection, his, what he has given us, what he has um, made possible, you know, changes everything. That actually there might be a lot of us that identify with that sense of actually not, not measuring up or not, not being able to meet the standards that we feel we're meant to meet. But this morning, the invitation is there for you too, to, to just simply um, accept that gift that Jesus has given us, that it's only in him that, that we have any of, of this life, that we are being made not just better, we're not just improved, but he has made us new and we are new creations. So thank you for that encouragement, Simon. Because the tomb is empty, mine will also, but uh, mine will always be also. Because the tomb is empty, 
We can find a new garden, new growth, but no aging. There will be fullness of life, justice, and the end of evil and violence, the beginning of freedom. Because the tomb is empty, our humanity is seen in Christ's exaltation. Because the tomb is empty, I can pour out my cup and know that it won't run dry. Because the tomb is empty, I know this isn't a dead end. Amen. Um, we have a little treat now. We have um, a, a video compilation of our urban kids. So prepare for a whole lot of cuteness. Um, and thanks so much for all the families who sent through. I'm missing all the kids so much and it's so hard not being able to to be um, with with you all in person this morning, but just even seeing our kids and just being able to really celebrate them in our church and the joy that they bring us is, is a beautiful thing. So I'll hand it over to the kids. What does Easter mean to you, Jordan? Well, Easter was a day when Jesus sacrificed himself to save us. And I kind of think Easter is just celebrating with your family. Although I do like doing Easter, I can't. <laughs> We're thankful for what Jesus did for us on the cross because thanks to him we can have hope. Jesus loves me for the Bible tells me so little So much kids it's so so great to be able to have you all be part of our our service today and it's so you're just all so cute and so sweet so thank you so much we love you because the tomb is empty 
I can come freely, I can come completely freely as myself before the Lord my God. Because the tomb is empty, I live knowing that God's plan, his saving justice and healing mercy, reaches to the ends of the earth. And it reached and continues to reach to me. Jesus went into the darkness of grief, pain and death on our behalf. And the empty tomb points to a resurrection. Jesus' resurrected body tells me God's new creation is real and has begun. Now we're going to, um, we don't sort of have, have sung worship in a, a led way this morning, but we have one song and you're all on mute. So feel free to sing your hearts out from home as we, um, as we praise Jesus through a song this morning. The blazing sun 
your name Lord our God we praise your name and we thank you that as we celebrate today the resurrection you know your resurrection doesn't just mean that we just get to go to heaven it means so much more than that that new life has actually been born on earth that the life of heaven has been born on earth that we celebrate that this is the big you know this was the beginning of God's new world the beginning of your kingdom, that you were now in charge, that you are in charge on earth as in heaven. And we, we praise you, Jesus, as our King and our Lord, the one that we put our hope in. We put our hope in you again today and we, we receive your incredible gift of grace. And as new creations, we just, we, we praise you and we welcome more of, of your, um, your life. And thank you that basically you are love. And so we just let you love us again today with, with your perfect love, your unconditional love for us. We receive your hope. And we ask Holy Spirit that you'd come and you'd fill us afresh this morning. Amen. In Romans 8, in the message version, it says, This resurrection life you have received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, What's next, Papa? 
God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we are, father and children. And it's in that, you know, this adventurous um, expectant life that we've been given that we go from here this morning that we we've received um, and we've celebrated what we have received this incredible gift from God. And we know that that doesn't stay with us, that by very nature, God's love spills out from us to, to those around us, to our, our friends and our family, the, our neighbours, our, our city and our, our nation, and ultimately right across the world. So we join with him in, in welcoming his, more of his kingdom here on earth, more of his will to be done. And so be blessed as we go from here, as we've, we've been gathered here this morning and as we are, are scattered, that we, we go in that incredible love of God and we get to give that gift away to other people. So thank you so much. This is the end of our um, official sort of part of our, our gathering this morning. And, um, but what we'd like to invite you to do is, you know, this, this, this Sunday celebration is, is quite a, um, an incredible thing to celebrate and it's so cool to be able to do that together. So you're most welcome um, to, to hang up off the call and, and have an incredible day. Um, but you're also most welcome to stay on and, and to celebrate with each other if you'd like to do that. Um, we'll leave, we'll, we'll hang around for a little while with the chat. So feel free to, to do that and we can come off, off mute and, and share in that time again together. So Either way, if we, we send our love to you and um, if, if you'd love to stay in chat, 